If someone asks you, why do you go to church? If someone asks you that question, what do you think your answer would be? Why do you go to church? I'm sure that we would all have many answers for that question if we were to think about it that we would give. But I imagine that somewhere in there, if you were asked that question, why do you go to church? I would imagine that somewhere in there you would bring up people. Hey, I have a friend that goes to that church and they invited me to come and so I decided to check it out. Or actually my friend and I were talking about God and we were talking about starting out, you know, checking out a church and so we decided to go together. Or, or my kids, I, I begin to realize I'm a parent now and I've got young people that are looking to me for answers and for help and how to live life and I know that my kids, they need God. You might say, you know, I want to be around other people that love God. I want to be encouraged that there are other people in this world that love God and that are seeking Him and so I come to church to see that. You might say, you know, what? I need help. I've got problems. I've got issues. I've got challenges in my life and I need somebody to help me with that. I need other people that that maybe know about God and have a relationship with Him that can help me. You might even say, I want to go to church because God has so worked in my life, I really want to share Him with other people. I thank God for so many people in our church who, who really, that's your heart. I want to be here, not so much what I can get, but what I can give. That's so awesome to see. But today, I want to take it a step further. When I... When I While I think that all of us know that other people are a part of God's work in our lives, I'm not sure we realize how much, how, how important other people are to God's work in our lives. The Bible tells us that not only do we need other people in our lives, but the Bible actually says that we are critical for one another. That you and I need each other in order to grow spiritually. And that God wants us to be much closer than we realize, even to the point that we could say, we love one another. Isn't that a big statement? Not just that I'm here, not just that I'm uh, participating with some other people, but actually that I can say, these people around me, I actually love them. I have love in my heart for them. As I introduced that, there might be some of us that are kind of new that, that you say, you know what, this is, this is a new idea for me. In fact, this is more than I want. I was not looking to get connected with other people, but I would ask you for just a moment, if you would, to suspend your judgment. Okay? If you're saying, you know what, I, this is not for me, this is not what I'm looking for, until we can take some time to, uh, and look at God's Word together about what He says about this. I also want to share this with you. As we're talking about relationships, I don't know about you, but if I was you and the pastor was talking about those kind of things, I might be, I might be getting a little nervous, you know, like they're going to make me, they're going to make me talk to some other people. They're going to force me to do something to get to know other people. I, we're not going to make anybody do anything. We're not going to force anybody to be in relationship with anyone else. But we're here to study God's word. Amen. We're here to better understand what it is that God has for our lives. And, and, and what he wants to do, and how this might be part of that. Listen to how important the Bible says that this is to our lives and for our relationship with him, for us to love one another. John 15, verse 12, verse 17. The Bible says that God commands us, Jesus commands us to love one another. 
He says, I want you to love one another just like I have loved you. Romans chapter 12, verse 10. The Bible tells us that God wants us to be devoted to brotherly love. I don't know about you, but there's not many things in my life that I'm devoted to. Amen? There's not many things that that I would use such a strong word as to say I am devoted, that I have devotion. But God says brotherly love, interaction in a love relationship is something that he calls his children to be. Romans 13, verse 8. God says that our goal should be that we don't owe anyone anything except love. That should be our debt. Listen, love should be the debt that I owe all of you that I just never can quite finish paying off. Amen? And when we do that, Romans 13, verse 8 says... When we live like that, that kind of heart fulfills the law, the Word of God that He has given to us. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 9 says, Love for others is so obvious to a follower of Jesus. If you have surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, if you have said, I've received His salvation, I'm a born-again child of God going to heaven, God is living in my heart. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 9, is that it's so obvious to you It's so intuitive to you that it's almost not necessary for Pastor Robbie to be talking about this. Because you know it. It is so intuitive for a child of God that you almost don't even need to be taught or reminded about it. It's just part of the deal, isn't it? That's who we are. It's in our hearts. We have... You you didn't even mean to. You didn't even want to. But you're starting to like us, aren't you? You're, you're You're starting to even maybe... Maybe you want to be around us for a while. 1 John chapter 3, verses 22 and 23. It says, we should keep his commandments and we should live lives that are pleasing to God. Then it says this. Okay, so that's a general statement. It says, we should keep God's commandments and live lives that are pleasing to him. And then it says, and this is his commandment. To love one another. If I want to live a life that is pleasing to God, if I want to live a life that is keeping his commandments, that's a wow statement, isn't it? That, that this is the main command that God would give us. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Love shows that we are born of God. Love is part of the evidence that you are born of a God of love. Because the Bible says that God loves others And so when we're born from that God, when we've been born again spiritually, when He comes and lives in our hearts, we can't help but love other people. And while we certainly, Galatians chapter 6, verse 10, you can write that verse down and go back and look at it. It it says that there is a special connection that we have here together as God's people because we've given our life to Him. We're part of the family of God. But still, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 3, verse, verse 12, that God wants our love to increase and abound for one another, but also for the whole world. So it's something that happens here between us, but it's also something that we're feeling towards others that don't know the Lord. I shared with you that the main verse that I want to focus on as we're looking at God's Word this weekend is 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. Let me read that verse. It says, above all, keep fervent in your love for one another. For love covers over a multitude of sins. 
The Bible says in 1 Peter, above all. Jesus, our God in His Word, if you go back to verse 7 of 1 Peter, He says, listen, God's wrapping up His work in this world. The end is coming. Christ is coming. And we certainly recognize, amen, that could just be any time now. And we're closer than they were 2,000 years ago. He says, the end of all things is near, realizing that, therefore be of sound judgment. Get your focus, people. God's saying to the people of God, get your, get your focus, be of sound judgment, be sober in spirit for the purpose of prayer. He says, so get focus, be talking to God. And then he says, listen, if you're getting ready for Christ to come, above all, keep fervent in your love for one another. Fervent. Listen, that word fervent has the idea of stretching out. I get the picture of somebody who's crossing a finish line. You're watching the Olympics or something. There's somebody that, man, I am determined to get to that finish line. I am determined. Some of you like to uh, work out, lift weights, more power to you. Some of you like to do that kind of thing. You know what? You think about, I've got a goal. I'm going to do 10 reps or I'm going to be, that'd be mine. Yeah, I mean, some of you guys probably do 25 reps or, or, or 50 reps and I've got a goal. I'm going to stretch out. I'm going to push hard. I'm going to make sure that I, that I reach that goal. That's the idea. God says that this is, not, this is not an afterthought. This is not an incidental. This is not an accidental. It'll happen along the way. This is a very purposeful. This is a very planned. God wants it to be on the forefront of our hearts for us to love one another. So he says as we get closer to the end of history, as we're saying, okay, I want to be ready for Jesus to come back. Anybody offer that? Okay. I want my life to be ready when Christ comes back. He says, okay, as you're thinking like that, Stay hot. Stay on it. Stay in pursuit of loving one another. Put lots of effort into that one. That's powerful to me. How about you? That is powerful. But you might say, what does that look like? Amen? What does that mean? What, what does it mean? So over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about what it means to love one another. Some people have called it the 11th commandment. I think all of us at some point have heard of the Ten Commandments, have read the Ten Commandments. We recognize the Ten Commandments as a good summary of what God wants to do in our lives. Amen? It's just a good summary of this is what the, the Bible, this is what God's message to us. But in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. And we recognize as we read God's Word that really... Loving one another is really a synopsis. It's a summary of all that God has for us. And so what we're going to do over the next few weeks is we're going to study some passages. They're called the one another's. Okay. If you'll read your Bible, if you'll read the New Testament, you'll notice that there are about 35 or 40 passages in the New Testament that tell us some ways that we're to relate to one another. And really, they give definition for what it means. Okay, God wants us to love one another. What does that look like? So that's what we're going to be studying together. Tonight, we're going to start by seeking to understand that bigger commandment. What, what, when Jesus told us to love one another, we need to understand that. And in order to be motivated over the next few weeks to say, okay, I want to learn what that looks like. I want to learn how to flesh that out. I've got to understand why is it so important in the first place, that God calls us to love one another. This is the first thing. God says to love one another because, first of all, God is love. As you were growing up, 
or even now, I want you to think about it to yourself. What is your perception of God? What has been your perception of church or of God? For many people, it's not very positive, is it? For many people, it's that God's demanding, that He's hard on us. For many people, it's that He's at the least unconcerned. He just kind of got our life going, and we're not really quite sure today if He even did that. We're trying to explain that away. So, so God just kind of is out there somewhere, maybe, and any. At the best, he just doesn't care. He just kind of leaves us alone. He's hard to understand. There's lots of different perceptions that we've developed, good and bad, about God. But the Bible says, this ought to be encouraging to you. The Bible says if we were to boil down our understanding of God into into kind of a summary, we could say that God is love. 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. It says, the one who does not love does not know God. For God is love. He repeats it just a few more verses down in chapter 4. It doesn't say, listen, it doesn't say that God is loving. Did you notice that? Okay, it's not saying that God is loving. He certainly is that. And that would be a very positive thing to say about God, wouldn't it? If you have a family member and you say, boy, that person is very loving. Isn't that a high compliment? But it goes beyond that with God. It's not only that God is, that he has some love, that he possesses love, but the Bible actually says that God is love. I want to think about that a couple different ways. For some of you, the few of you in this room that enjoy math, okay, the word word is in math means what? Equals, doesn't it? God is love. God, this is a word problem, kiddos. God equals love. That's quite a statement, isn't it? We could say that that the word is is something that you use to define something, right? To give a definition. So if we say that God is love, what we're saying is love is one of the things. I want you to think about it for just a moment. Especially if you've been in church for most of your life. Because sometimes you hear things and they just kind of in one ear and out the other. There's a lot of things that God could be. Aren't there? Yeah, just look at all the religions of the world. That's that's our best effort to make up who He is, okay? So there's a lot of things that God could be. Isn't it cool that He's love? He could have been meanness. He could have been vengeance, right? He could have been harshness. Isn't it awesome The God of all the things that He is, one of the most distinct that defines Him and describes Him, His very nature and character is love. And some of us here, as we're, some of you are hearing that for the very first time in your life. In fact, church and God has come across to you, and at least the way that people have portrayed God to you, in a very domineering way. And it's very difficult for you to receive that tonight. But may I just say to you, this is not New Hope's interpretation. I'm just reading the Bible, amen? God's Word says that that is one of the words that defines and describes this great God. So why do we love? If we're followers of Jesus, 1 John 4 verse 19 says we love because God first loved us and He is love. So we love other people. Let's just be honest. You might at first not necessarily like All of us. 
you might at first not like any of us. We might get on your nerves. You may not necessarily at first have a desire to be a part of a church, to be a part of a family, a spiritual family. But if you are God's, if you've been reconciled with God, if you've been connected with Him in relationship with Him, you cannot help but love other people. And like I said, some of you, it's sneaking up on you, isn't it? You didn't want to. You didn't mean to. You were coming to church because I need God to work in my life, and praise God you did. But it begins to sneak up on you, doesn't it? Even if you've had bad experiences, even if you've been hurt, even if you've never had close relationships, because God is in us and God is love, you're beginning to feel something for us, for God's people and even other people across the world. Now somebody says, well, I have love. I have love for God and I have love for others. But I'm not real interested in getting involved with the rest of you. Isn't that the way some of us might feel? And to be honest with you, I understand that. To be honest with you, if God did not teach me different, if God did not lead me different in my heart by His Spirit, I think I would probably go that direction. Okay, I think most of us might do that. But when you say, I love God and I love others, I just don't want to have it. Listen, don't miss this. I just don't want to have anything to do with y'all. Okay, I'm not really interested and connecting, okay, with all of you guys. If you say that, you might be describing some kind of sentiment toward us, but you're not really describing love, okay, as the Bible defines it. Listen to me. Love in the Bible has to be expressed in relationship with others. Love, God's love, has skin on it. Amen? God's love gets dirty. God's love does things with other people. It works hard. It listens. It shares. It's involved. I love this statement. I love this statement. People say, hey, I I know you're going to have a party. Not able to be there, but I'll be there with you in spirit. You know what that means? They're not coming. (laughs) That's what it means. There's no such thing. No, I know what they're saying, and, and you shouldn't be smart, Alec, okay? And they'll say, well, I remember what Pastor Robert said, ha, 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 you know, but, but <clears throat> if you do, don't say it, okay? Don't be, don't, don't do that thing, okay? I think they're probably just trying to say, I'll be thinking of you. But really, if you're here with us in spirit, you ain't here. Love cannot be experienced in isolation. And I, and I understand that having relationship with other people is a stretch for many of us initially. Amen? And if you want to make up your own version of God, then you can create that God. You can say, I worship Jesus, I come to church, but I don't have anything to do with you people. Okay, you can make up that God, but that's an idol. That's not the God of the Bible. You're picking and choosing what part you like of Him. And that's not Him. If you're walking with God, it will be shown by loving other people, by being involved in the lives of others on some level. Because God is love. Okay, so we love because God, we love one another because we, because God is love and because we are God's. But we love also because love is the highest 
and greatest commandment. Jesus said in Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40, Verse 36, this guy comes up to him. He was actually trying to catch Jesus and saying something wrong, kind of testing him. He's a teacher. What's the greatest commandment in the law? If you're going to summarize the law, if you're going to say, what's the greatest commandment? What's the biggest, what's the foremost, what's the highest ranked commandment in the law? Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Loving God completely, that's the top's. He says, the second greatest is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now listen to verse 40. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. Wow. If you're new to what it means to follow God, you should say, thanks God, thanks for giving me kind of a brief, you know, I just need it kind of easy. I just need it kind of short. The whole Bible... Everything is about me properly, rightly experiencing a relationship with God. Me properly and rightly experiencing a relationship with other people. Isn't that incredible? Everything. You say, I don't understand that. I'll need to come back to that later. Whatever it's talking about, whatever you read and you don't understand the Bible, you can say it's either got to do with me and God or me and others or both. That's what the whole Bible is about. Romans chapter 13 verse 10. This is how it expresses it. Paul expressed it in Romans 13. It says, love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. When we are seeking to love other people, we are on the path of living the life that God created us to live. Isn't that incredible? Someone's like... Where's the spin all of our life? You know, I always, I always joke with you guys, you know, I'm, I'm like, you know, every time I share something with you, it's like the most important message ever, you know. But, but I was thinking about that this week. I'm like, this is the most important. I'm sure next week will be too. But, but this one, but seriously, I'm not making this up. He said it. I think this one's going to trump a lot of others that I thought were most important. Love is the thing. It's the biggest thing between us and God and between us and us. It summarizes everything that God wants to say. Listen to this. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 3. It says, you can do great things with your life. Friend, you can be a great speaker for God. You can understand the Word of God. You can um, have great faith to trust God. You can be a sacrificial, sell your house and give to the poor kind of person. But if love is not in the mix of that, the Bible said it is all empty and means nothing. I think this might be the most important. Amen? I don't think it's just this week. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 13 says that there are many important parts of God's work in our lives. But when you boil it down, the three most critical could be faith, hope, and love. And it says if you're going to put it down to a top three, the one, top one out of those three is what? Love is the tops. So here we go. If you're driving to work this week, if you're laying in bed tonight, and you say to yourself, I just want to follow God. I just want to do whatever God wants to do in my life. If you don't know what to do, 
love others. I mean, if you just don't know, that's what the Bible says. That is the thing that God wants you to be doing with your life. Now, if we're going to do that, we need to understand what, what is... What, we need to have a clear picture of what, what this thing is that we're talking about. Because we use the word love a lot in life, don't we? We, we like to use that word love, but in the Bible it means much more. Love, God's love, doesn't mean I really, really like something. I love ice cream, okay? No, you don't. If you do, you're weird. I mean, if, if it's God's kind of love, right? I super enjoy ice cream, but I don't God's love ice cream. Love is not warm and fuzzies. That's not what love is. Love is 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8. Love is patient. It gives a very detailed description. I wish we had more time to stop, but you go back. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant. Does not act unbecomingly or inappropriately. Does not seek its own. It's not selfish. It's not provoked. It's not a hair trigger. Does not take into account a wrong suffered or keep up a record of wrongs. Does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. It believe, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. I love this. Love never fails. I've been looking for something my whole life. That would be a sure thing. How about you? When I read that, I said, that's it. That's it. If I make a decision to use my life to love, I'll never go wrong. That'll never be the wrong decision or, or something I, I should have chose differently. And I think we could probably take from if we had more time to study in detail what the Bible says about love, maybe this is a decent definition. Love is a desire to better the lives of others. Even when that other person doesn't always deserve it. Maybe even usually doesn't deserve it. Do you hear me? Love is, is, a, is a desire that I have to make someone else's life better. Even if they don't deserve it, probably even especially since they don't deserve it. Now, when you do that, listen, when you make that choice, you will develop, good news, good news, you will develop warm and fuzzies. Eventually, if you make the decision to love like God does, you'll get some good feelings. But it starts as a decision. It starts as a commitment. It starts really as a calling, doesn't it? Because I'm going to tell you what, I wouldn't offer it to anybody what God defines as love unless God worked in my heart because I'm too selfish. Amen? Y'all leave me hanging up here. Amen? Y'all are just like me. Y'all just ain't up here. All right? Right now, don't amen this part, but right now, you may not, you may not have warm and fuzzies for your spouse or, or your kids. But if you love them like God loves them, you will. Even missionaries. You don't have to have a desire for a particular group of people or for the work that you're going to do for God 
Some people say, oh, when I develop a burden, you know, or whatever. No, what you need is for God to tell you, go help those people, okay? Really, all I need is calling by God and enabling by Him. So when I begin demonstrating love, sacrificial, and maybe it's even more sacrificial when I don't feel it, right? But when I begin demonstrating that towards other people, I will eventually, what we would call, fall in love with them. I will eventually begin to feel something for them, even at church. I understand, I get it, there's 500 or so of us. There's a pretty good guarantee that there's a pretty good number of us that you don't like. I mean, just in terms of, you know, personalities or whatever, get on your nerves. You know, some people stay up late, some people get up early. Some people discipline their kids certain ways, some people don't discipline their kids the other way. You know, so we all got different things to do. We spend our money, we don't, so we save our money. Lots of different people, lots of different backgrounds. But if you get involved in life with us, you let God work in you and through you, you'll start feeling good about us. You'll start developing a heart towards other people. We'll grow on you. See, that's how I got Shannon. I grew on her. It took me six months, but I wore her down, okay? I guarantee you, Guarantee if you gave us all a chance, we would wear you down. So loving one another is critical. Because our God is love and He lives in our hearts. Because of all the commandments, He says, okay, I mean, if you're just looking for the cheat sheet, just the short version tonight, love, love me and love others. But also love is the thing that sets us apart. Sometimes you hear churches make statements, especially being a pastor, I hear other pastors say, what can we do to attract more people to our church? Okay, so we'll try this, or we'll do that. To some extent, it's not a bad thing to try to be better and more effective at serving God, if that's what we mean, right? But in in the sense of of drawing people in the sense of having something to pull people in or that kind of thing that sometimes you hear pastors and churches describe, there's really only one thing we have to offer people. First of all, that shows people that we are truly serving God here. Listen, that is truly something that they could never find anywhere else. The world cannot give us this. You realize that? Have you experienced that? John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, in that passage, or in verse 35, Jesus says to his disciples, he says, well, let me step, go back to verse 34. He says, a new commandment I give to you. That's what we're called, the 11th commandment. A new commandment. You, you've read the commandments. This is a new commandment I give to you that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, by what? By loving one another, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. The Bible says that this is the thing that sets us apart. This is the thing that makes us different. It's not because we have a better laser show. It's not because we have more cotton candy. It's not because, you know, we've got a bigger room or that we've got whatever, whatever, whatever. It's because we have love. 
True love, love for God and love for one another. Being a place where we care for and we minister to one another and a place that is extending that offer from God and from us to a community around us. I want to be careful for just a second, okay? Because many churches have, have used this we're supposed to love one another theme. They've used it as an excuse to form a holy huddle. And us four no more. The frozen chosen. Just, I love you guys. I love only you guys. We don't want anyone else to intrude on this special thing that we have. That's what some churches say. So when a new person walks in, they're like, huh, who invited them? And did they, did they know? They're sitting in Leon's seat. He, they are not. Brother Leon, when he comes back after being sick, he is not going to be very happy. What? Where do we come up with this garbage? That is not at all what God has in mind for us. Yes, God wants us to love one another. Listen, love always has room for one more. It's interesting, isn't it? You had that first child. How could I ever love anyone like this being? Even as you had the second one, you may have asked yourself, am I going to be able to do that? By having the second one, I did not minimize the first whatsoever. I just grew in my capacity for love. We are missing out on so many experiences that we, we could have because as God's people, we're limiting God with that kind of a viewpoint. Here's what God wants. He says, you love one another. First of all, love me, give your life to me. Then you began as my people love one another, then you reach out and offer that love to everybody that will receive it. Not everyone will, okay? But there are many people, I believe, who are looking for that kind of love. If it were truly expressed through people that God was working in, I believe that many people are looking for that kind of love. He says, okay, once they respond to that love and they come in, you help them, you care for them, you grow them, you teach them, you bring them with you. And as they're growing and learning, you send them back out with you to keep going and sharing with more. And it just gets better and better. Amen? More and more lives are touched. How many lives are too many to bless? Amen? I mean, every story that I hear, every person that stands on this stage and speaks or shares or, or stands in the, in, in the foyer and, and greets someone or or changes diapers for little babies, or stays after this service to serve in youth group, or mows the grass, or whatever. Every single one of those people is a life that has been changed. And God is working in and through them to touch the lives of more people. If we want that to continue, the Bible says love is the thing. That's it. Loving one another is what we have to share. So over the next few weeks, God is going to teach us. Here's a nuance to that. Here's a piece of that. The week after that, here, here's another piece of that. 
As Pastor Chris shared earlier in the service, we've shared some of these before. This is kind of the volume two of that because we'll probably over the years go back to these and study even more together because it's something that God wants us to learn and understand and not just be a phase we're going through. Amen? But I want to ask you a question. Are you willing to open up your heart to letting some of us come in? That's a big question, isn't it? And here's what I would say. You say, well, what do you mean? I've got to stand up here and tell everybody my business and share all my, you know, just kind of air out everything? No. Here's what I like to tell people. You don't have to know everybody, but you need to know somebody. And somebody needs to know you. Do you know somebody? Are you limiting God's work? You say, yeah, I know this guy that's sitting next to me. I know the person that comes to me. Okay, so you know three people. Okay, that counts, doesn't it? Okay, I know somebody. Well, okay, if you want to limit what God's going to be able to do in and through your life, then yeah, you could stop at the minimum. But maybe that's the start for you tonight. Maybe you say, I don't know anybody. So I want to take that next step. What does that mean? You pray about that. There's a multitude of ways that we give you to get involved. And you just feel free to do whatever, wherever you're at. But if you don't know anybody, you need to know somebody. Just take that step. Is that your place tonight? Maybe you're here and you say, you know, I've begun to kind of stay afterwards and drink some coffee and I recognize some faces, but... But I, I see it. I, I hear you, Pastor Robbie. It's not enough yet. I know I need to open up myself. So tonight, would, would you ask God, God, would you help me to do that? Because you know it's hard. By the way, He does know it's hard for you. He does know you've been hurt. He does know it's risky. He does know it might not work out. He does know that new hope might let you down. But as long as we keep our focus on Him, we'll be in good shape. Amen? Because we're not ultimately depending on one another. We're just trying to see God through one another. So would you let God do that? I wonder tonight, have you ever experienced that relationship with Him? Because it is impossible. It is not possible to extend God's love to other people unless you first have received it. So I want to ask you, have you ever given your life to Jesus Christ? Have you ever said, God, I need you first to do something for me and in me before you could ever do something through me? So tonight, I ask you, today, God, I ask you to forgive me. Jesus, please come into my life. Start a connection with me. Help me to be born again, to receive new life. I need it. God, I need it. Would you bow with me? So we think about what God might be saying to you. We're all at different places in our spiritual journey. If you've never given your life to God, just call upon Him. Ask Him to be your Savior. Ask Him to come into your life. You could look up on the screen. There's a prayer. If you want to pray that prayer, just inviting Christ if, if, if that's where you're at. Maybe it's something else. Maybe, maybe you have been involved, but you, you've gotten hurt. It's tough, isn't it? It's tough to open up your heart again. So would you ask Jesus to help you? 
because it's going to take, like Jeff Gordon said, it's going to take walking by faith and not fear. Because I'm going to have to trust God that this is true, that this is right, that this is good, because I don't kind of, I kind of don't believe it right now. God, would you help me to open up my life? Have the capacity to share life. Be open that there are some people in this room who truly do love God. Who don't have a hidden agenda. Who aren't trying to take advantage of me or trick me or manipulate me, but that are just fellow travelers. And I'm missing the opportunity to be on that journey with them together. If for no other reason, would you say, God... I don't want to hinder you being seen by the world around us. You said this is how they'll know. is if we treat each other the way you want us to treat each other. So God, even if I don't quite want it or believe it yet, I want you to be known. So help me to develop this in my life. Maybe help me to develop it again. Renew in me that spirit, that heart. Bring healing for experiences in my family or in other churches that have really set me back on this. Father, thank you. Thank you that you could have been many things. That you are a God of love. Never quite get to the bottom of that. To help us. Help us to learn and to understand, to experience and to share your kind of love. We pray in Jesus' precious, precious name.